The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome. So glad you're here. It is WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Want to get involved in the show? We'd love to have you. Use that, uh, use that number. That's the way to do it. If you call in, you'll be talking to Tommy. Of course, he is executive producing the big broadcast tonight. And if you want to text, do it. Let's start out with the text question of the night. Today is National Package Protection Day. Have you ever been the victim of porch pirates? And what did they snatch from your abode? Uh, National Package Protection Day. Tommy, it's not what you think. I know you were thinking, well, don't we need athletic equipment for that? Uh, you know, like a catcher would wear. No, it's not Not that. I mean, and the, the coincidence, how I just had to leave for a second there to grab a package. You did just have to go. I didn't know that uh, we got package deliveries at the studio. at This uh, This is after business hours. Yeah, it, it's not UPS or anything. I think it was... Uh, some mutual, like, hey, can you drop this off tonight from someone? So, Oh, I thought you're just letting randos in now, <laughs> dropping off packages? This, does, this doesn't sound safe. I, wa- I might I have to was, get a hold of HR. <laughs> I was made aware that they were going to be stopping by. Okay. So it was, it was something mutually I knew was going to happen. I don't want to have to fire off some missive. No, listen, I don't. I don't know if I feel safe. Tommy's just letting anybody come in who says they have a package. No, and, no. And uh, things are arriving willy-nilly. No, it's actually a Carol Meekins bobblehead from our partners over at TMJ4. So wow, yeah, yeah. all right, sick That's looking, very nice. When do you, when do we get a bobblehead made from us? I don't know. We're gonna have to talk to management. We got to do something. We, we can do up, that. We got to up the profile. We find this, a way uh, to get that to work. I think this show. Yeah, why not? I listen. They could save it. They could just do one body with both our heads on it. Okay, yeah. Kind of the creepiest bobblehead Same in the history. Of Hawaiian radio. shirt that we both own, and yeah. then <laughs> some jeans. It's like right. two minds, one body. We act as one. I try. It's like at the least. master blaster of radio. <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll 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 work on the name. All right. Yeah. Listen, I was gonna let you ride on my back. I wasn't gonna make you be the guy who carried me around. <laughs> okay. So. All right. We, it, be, we should do it like uh, when Chewbacca's carrying C-3PO on his back. <laughs> That's what it needs to be. All right. We'll work on the design. We'll get with a, we'll get with a graphic artist. Maybe there's a 3D, somebody with a 3D printer that yeah, we Dylan, know. Yeah, Dylan, if you're listening, going up. Let, it, let us know, Dylan, if we can get that done. Yeah, let's, come on, Dylan. We get we got to up the profile of the show. We're, you know, we're killing it. 55 minutes, we destroy. Destroy. So let's keep going. Destroy it. Uh, listen, there's a lot of big news we could cover today. I'm very excited. Um, you know, I know everybody's happy. Even though the ceasefire is expected to expire within a couple hours, a lot of people have been getting out of Gaza. A lot of hostages have been released. We could cover that big story. We could cover the big story of the top Ramaswamy aide leaving to go to the Trump campaign. That's a big story. We could cover uh, the the expected expulsion of George Santos from the House of Representatives. That's a great one. Or the fact that the uh, House, the new House Speaker Mike Johnson, if that is really his name, is uh, he's got some reservations about expelling Santos. I don't know what they could be, but th- those are all big stories. You would agree with that, wouldn't you, Tommy? Uh, big headline news. 
headline news, and you know we like to cover the biggest stories. Only the biggest that, here. That's why I've decided that we're going to start by talking about how Taylor Swift concerts are probably attracting demons, according to an exorcist. I would argue she's the biggest name in the world of all the people that you just named. She is, followed closely by Satan, obviously. Those are two big... I say either one of those names, you know exactly who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. They might go hand Satan. in hand, some people argue. Well, especially that there's Satan on the phone right now calling in. It's like, hey, thanks for the PR. Uh, Father Daniel Rehill is an exorcist for the Diocese of Nashville, Tennessee. And he claims that uh, Taylor Swift concerts are probably attracting demonic activity. Uh, I asked my daughter about this because she went to two Taylor Swift concerts over the summer. And once her head stopped rotating 360 degrees and she stopped spitting up something that looked like pea soup, she told me I was way out of touch, that there was absolutely no way that Taylor was bringing, you know, demonic activity. He said that Taylor Swift has incorporated elements of witchcraft into her performance. Has there ever been a generation of rock or pop music or even some country music where somebody hasn't claimed that the uh, demonic presences were involved in the music, that somebody hasn't said, that's the devil's music. It started with Elvis, you know? Right, and couldn't even uh, show him from the hip oh, down, right? Tommy, from the, from, the, from the waist down, Elvis was all the devil. Right. Everything was gyrating down there. Uh, that it was, you know, I remember my mom when I first started listening to Kiss. Mm. You know, I was in like seventh grade, and oh, she heard that they dressed in women's clothes and they worshiped the devil and blah, blah, blah. The long tongues. Yeah. Spitting blood, the demon, all of it. It's right there in the right there. So there was that. Then who doesn't remember the big Marilyn Manson kerfuffles? Eh, oh, Marilyn Manson worshiped the devil. Everybody worshiped the devil. So uh, he did. Uh, now this this priest did say that uh, Swift is quote an incredibly talented and influential artist end quote. It would be best for impressionable young girls to steer clear of her concerts. He said, and this is a quote. Now, this is a, imagine sitting. Well, first of all, imagine that your job is exorcist. That's got to be slow. There's got to be a lot of slow days at the office. I guess so in today's world, probably more so than, I mean, like the early 1900s, that was probably a popping job. You think? Oh, yeah. Or do you think they were just creating uh, creating more stuff for themselves when they didn't have, like now, we could videotape. If somebody goes, oh, he's possessed by the devil, and, uh, you know, maybe that, maybe that gift you brought in, that bobblehead, is some sort of, uh, you know, talisman that will bring evil spirits in. It's wearing red. So perhaps... We'll find out that you become possessed by some evil spirit. But now, if you were going to get an exorcism, we would be able to videota videotape. <laughs> We'd be able to record it so that we could see it. Back in the old days, they, they could just go, oh, yeah, we were doing an exorcism, and we got the, the demon just popped right out of her. Who Can you, can you no do proof? them through Zoom, the exorcisms through Zoom and Skype and all that now? I would... Ooh, that is a good question. I mean, they'd offer getting... a lot of therapies and whatnot over those platforms. Now you'd think exorcism probably made their way there. Telehealth for possession. I'm, it's a real I'm thing? I'm going to have to say no, Tommy, okay. because I... 
with it, well, I've, I've given it uh, like six seconds of thought, so I think I'm qualified to speak on this now. You got to throw some holy water in there, and that can't be a virtual thing. Mm, yeah. The holy water, you got to have the holy water. I think they throw a little, uh, if, you know, maybe I'm confusing exorcism and baptism, but you got to put a little oil on there on the forehead. I know they do that at baptisms too. They might do that at exorcism, but the holy water is 100%. So. I don't know if you should take holy water to a Taylor Swift concert. Say, uh, the demons will take... So once he tells the innocent girls to steer clear, or impressionable young girls, I don't know why the boys are not getting uh, possessed. There's Uh, there's men who go to Taylor Swift concerts. I I do have an online exorcist uh, right here. (laughs) Do you? Dr. Wanda Pratnika. Um, Spirit attachment removal since 1968. (laughs) Um, since 1968. Well, obviously they weren't online since then. But I was gonna say that right there. I gotta, I gotta call a little BS on. Yeah, that. you can, uh, you can definitely book online from uh, if you're in need of an exorcism expert. Our team specializes in spiritual cleansing, regain peace, and the Wanda Pratnika Center is a leader in exorcisms performed from a distance. <sighs> I told you there was a market for this. I, I well, knew there had to be. Well, well, hold on. I don't know if just because she's posted something online, there's a market for it. I'm gonna. I'm still gonna say, if you're in the market for an exorcism, you gotta go in person. You gotta. There's gotta be hands on, because what's to listen? My internet goes out, and I'm not possessed by the devil. If I'm possessed, the first thing the the spirits are going to go for is my modem, and they're knocking that out. <laughs> then the internet's down and you're screwed. Yeah. Now, if uh, you know, if I got that old priest from the Exorcist standing at the foot of my bed, he's not going anywhere until the devil throws him out the window. Well, under the frequently asked questions, uh, yes, can I get rid of a spirit on my own? In case you you didn't have the budget for this, or if you didn't <laughs> couldn't go online. When a spirit is already attached to our body, it is not, in capital letters, possible to get rid of any of it on our own. So, at that moment, our vibrations are too low, and even access to angels or other enlightened beings are blocked. Only experienced exorcists or another skilled person, which doesn't say what skills, uh, yeah, what can skills? remove I'm spirits a, from a possessed person. I'm a person. plumber. I'm a journeyman plumber. Can yeah. I get yeah. very experienced? <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. So if we helped anyone out and they, they want to do it over Zoom, you can do it on WandaPratnika.com. Listen, listen. Uh, I'm going to, I listen, no shade on Wanda. But what did you think she was going to say? Oh, yeah, you can do it by yourself. You don't really need me. Uh, you <laughs> I, can, I, I don't know what I'm even doing here. I, I I thought I'd put this out there that I could do online exorcisms, blah, blah, blah. And if you're just tuning in, you're like, what is going on that they're talking about exorcisms? Well, obviously, Taylor Swift is bringing the demons. Uh, the demons will take deep note of what she is doing and how she's doing it and who she's influencing, he explained, this priest from Nashville. So when they imitate these rituals with these orbs and these black capes that look like something you'd find in the woods, even in her... Even if her intent was not to participate in any witchcraft or do any of the incantations, she is probably attracting a lot of demons to her concerts. Wow. 
uh, and that the people who attend are, quote, putting themselves in a position where they should be attacked by, could be, not should be, could be attacked by demonic forces. So not saying that's going to happen to everybody, but you're definitely putting yourself in a very dangerous situation if you're going to a concert. Now, I don't know what would happen if I just watched the Eras concert on TV because they're going to start streaming it. I don't know if you saw that, Tommy. Yes, yes. It's been in theaters for a little bit now. Right, but now you can now you'll be able to do it at home. Mm. But the Swifties are mad because it's going to be twenty bucks <sighs> to stream it at home. Wow. Yeah, but I'm wondering now if I could get if I could get an exorcism online, can I get possessed through a streaming? Service? I'll send you the link in the break. Please do, because I might have to. Uh, you know, if I do stream this, I, who knows what's going to happen? All right. Uh, on the other side, speaking of weird. Uh, something happened on an air Southwest airline flight the other day, which was very, very strange. And uh, I'm wondering what the weirdest thing you've seen on a plane, 855-616-1620. After the 730 News, it, we are going to talk to the owner of Component Brewery. They are doing something very, very cool. So at the breweries after 730. But right now we must do this. It's WTMJ Nights. More WTMJ Nights coming up. Creative Planning presents Rethink Your Money with John Hagenson, Saturday afternoon at 1. At Creative Planning, our advisors will build a financial plan that's custom-tailored for you. It will include your investments, insurance, estate plan, taxes, and other personalized elements. Let Creative Planning show you a richer way to wealth. Visit creativeplanning.com. That's creativeplanning.com. We are still worried about uh, people going to the Taylor Swift concert, but we must move on to people who are worried about being on. A lot of us are nervous when we fly, and they're uh, for good reason. People are lunatics when they're out in public, and uh, this happened the other day on a Southwest flight. And I, listen, I, I know a lot of people complain about Southwest. I've had overwhelmingly good luck with Southwest. I don't have a problem with it. I don't mind the... You know, the uh, cattle drive kind of feel. I don't mind being penned up and then let loose to find my own seat. I don't care about that. I just care about the cost of a flight. This was a flight from New Orleans to Atlanta. And the departure city may have a lot to do with this story. It was canceled after a passenger jumped out of an emergency exit and climbed onto the wing of the plane. Happened about 8 o'clock Sunday night. Um... As passengers were boarding the plane at uh, the Louis Armstrong International Airport, which is a very nice airport, just recently redone in New Orleans. So it was a 38-year-old guy. They got him on the while he was on the tarmac. They found him incoherent and not fully aware of his surroundings. Again, the departure city may have played into this. There have been many times that I've gotten on the plane to leave New Orleans, and I haven't really known uh, where I was. That's not true. I always knew where I was. I was on a lot, the plane a lot of voodoo. Me. Maybe exorcisms needed over there too. Oh my! Oh, hold on, Tommy. You're tying everything together. I like that. Mm -hmm. It could be. I there is the voodoo aspect of there. Maybe somebody had put a spell on him. I'm, he was I'm just to trying to weigh our options out here. You know, I mean, see what's going on all over. I did take a uh, a ghost and voodoo tour one time down there. And uh, we went into Marie Laveau's voodoo shop because, mm. you know, nothing says tourist trap like that. When shop. in Rome, right? Yeah, I get it. Right. Uh, I gotta be, the stuff in there was creepy. 
I did not feel completely comfortable, and I don't believe in a lot of that hocus-pocus, mumbo-jumbo, ghosts and spirits and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was strange. So this guy, this guy, and I got to be honest, I've sat in the exit row before, and how many of us have either looked at that door and wonder what it would be like to, to open it, <laughs> Maybe not while you're in the air, but even while there's just not that we do it. But if you're on it, Tommy, you tell me you've never looked at the door of the plane and go, I wonder what uh, would happen if that thing opened. Yeah, I uh, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Yeah, it, we don't act on it because we're rational human beings. This guy was incoherent and not fully aware. So I'm guessing a few too many uh, of the fishbowls along Bourbon Street, or maybe he sat in Pat O'Brien's for a few hours and put away a number of hurricanes. And trust me, after a number of hurricanes, you don't know what door you're opening. But there's there's that weird attraction to doing something that rationally you know you're, you're never going to do. It's the don't touch that, it's hot argument, right? Exactly. And then you're like, I kind of exactly. want to touch it, you know? How and hot I is it? be honest... I would like to see what happens when the slide is deployed. Not in a real emergency situation, but as I'm sitting there, I'm like, they say the door, you got to be able to lift the door. How heavy is this door? Let's find out. And if it's in, let me, I mean, you never open it while you're in the air, right? I mean, you never, or I'm, I, I don't think so, right? No, because you'd get, everything would get sucked out. Did right. you ever see the original That's what I mean. Like movie? you, well, right. But uh, I, I just, I always think of it when I see the people who are in the row, and it's like, well, I don't even know if you can get this door open if we needed to. I have such anger for most people who sit in the exit rows because it's normally, uh, first of all, the exit row should be for people over 6'2". That's just that we need a little more leg room. Correct. Also, if you are frail or infirmed, you should not be able to sit in the exit row. If you sit in the exit row, they should come by with like two 20-pound dumbbells. And if you can't lift them at least five reps, you got to leave the row. Okay, we got to get to break. So we'll leave that theory out there, and then we'll talk about the news. It's WTMJ. More WTMJ nights coming up. This little refrain should help me explain as a matter of fact. Welcome to another edition of At the Breweries. Give me a keg of beer. Pull up a bar stool and get ready to join the keg conversation. A shark on whiskey is mighty risky. A shark on beer is a beer engineer. Your one-stop shop for brews in the news is on tap. Beer, more beer, and more beer. Here's At The Breweries with Brian Noonan. You know, we love to talk about beer here on uh, WTMJ Nights. And not just drinking beer, but the stories behind beer. And when beer and the craft beer industry get together to do something very special. We're uh, joined now by John Kowalski. He is the owner of Component 
Brewing. You can find Component, of course. Component Brewing Company is at 2018 South 1st Street in Milwaukee. Componentbrewing.com is the website. John, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for taking some time. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. So a lot of people might not know this about the craft beer industry, but even though all the breweries are, you know, everybody's competing for consumers, it, it is a business, but there's a sense of community, and there's also a sense when something big happens, whether it's uh, fires or a political movement or, well, rare diseases, breweries come together and help each other out. And I saw what you guys are doing at Components. You've you've done these things before, but you're trying to get other brewers to join you for um, a beer that will go to help research for rare disease, rare uh, diseases, rare disorders, and the National Organization of Rare Disorders. Um, how? How does this work when a brewery like Component says, all right, we want to do something to help a cause? How do you get the word out to other brewers, and how did you get involved with um, the National Organization of Rare Disorders? Um, so we're kind of figuring it out as we're going along now. This is the first time we, uh, we've um, spearheaded a... Um, thing like a project like this. So um, I'm really just kind of, you know, boots to the ground, making phone calls, emailing, um, directing people to the, to the website, www.zebrahop.com. Um, and just going about it that way. Now you guys have done collaborations before for different uh, causes you've actually done a rare disease beer before and you did one for native lands that came uh that started in albuquerque for people who yep. don't know what brings all these brewers together how do how does this collaboration work so that you know we can see the results when we go to the bars or when we go to the tap rooms rather um, I think it's just, you know, beer is a great way to bring people together. And, you know, like you said, we're, you know, we're all different businesses, but we're all, we're all in the business of beer and giving people a great experience while they're drinking the beer together. And um, this is just, you know, we're, we're passionate about it and um, we want to try to, you know, help our little corner of the, of the world here. So now the beer you're doing is Zebra Hop, as you said. Um, you come up, you come up with at component. You come up with the recipe. When you make this pitch to these other breweries and say, "Hey, do you want to brew this beer? Do they have to brew it exactly like you do? Do they have? Is the labeling the same? So if I'm, you know, if I'm drinking a Zebra Hop at component, and then I go to, I don't know, let's say. Albuquerque, because that's where the native land one you did, that started at Bow and Arrow yep. Brewing in Albuquerque. If I go down there mm -hmm. and I get a zebra hop, is it going to be exactly the same? Is Does every brewer do it a little different? How does that work? I think everybody does it a little different. Um, some of these initiatives, they prefer you to brew the same beer. Um, for zebra hop, I kind of wanted people just to use some of the newer um, the newer brewing products that are or ingredients 
like hops and um, yeast that are out there. Um, these new advanced products will like signify the advances in medical research to try to find uh, cures for these rare diseases. Um, but beyond that, I, I hope people, you know, different breweries put their own spin on it so I can go taste different, you know, taste the difference between all of them. And how did you get, how'd you get involved with the rare diseases cause? Why, why this initiative? Um, yeah, this one uh, hits home because uh, my six-year-old Mac has a rare disease called Milan syndrome. Um, and most people probably wouldn't hear of it because he's one of 200 in the world that have it. Um, oh my God. So instead of trying to have a beer that is trying to help 200 people, I thought maybe we should broaden it a little bit and, you know, try to help the 30 million Americans out there that have a rare disease. Wow. 200. That's, that's a, I can't even, I can't even imagine that. Just how do you find information when something is that rare? But as you said, profits from, from these kind of things will help, you know, research and, and all the things that will go into hopefully helping people with these rare diseases in the past. How have, uh, how have they worked before? Uh, have they been successful? Have you, I know, like I said, you did a couple, how did those work out when you were, when you were brewing beers for either native land or your, uh, the other rare disease beer that you did? Um, yeah, I think they were successful. Um, we got people to come into the tap room that, you know, maybe might not come in normally and that helped spread the word and make awareness for, you know, whatever, whatever cause we're brewing the beer for that time. How's, how's the response been? Cause you put out a nice letter to, you sent out this uh, letter with the subject line or email with, uh, will you brew for rare diseases with me? I'm guessing you sent it out to most brewers. How's the response been so far? It's been good. Um, we have some on board now. Um, most are local here in, in Milwaukee. Um, I, I actually, the, the process took a little longer than I expected. So we're a little closer to the deadline than I wanted to be. So, okay. um, most breweries have their production schedule done through quarter one of 24. Um, so they're not sure if they can do it, but I do say we can do it. You know, if they want to join the herd, um, they can brew at any time. It doesn't have to be by there you go. the rare disease day. Yeah, I was going to say the rare diseases aren't, unfortunately, at this point going away. So if they, you know, anything you can raise to help that re research is good. When is rare disease day? Uh, rare disease day is always the last day of February. So normally okay. it's on February 28th. But this coming year, since it's a leap year, it's on the 29th. So it's the, ah, very nice. The so that is day. a rare day. So, so, yeah. Now, when you uh, so you like as a as a brewer, how far you mentioned the brewery calendar, the brewing calendars. How far ahead do brewers? How far ahead do you guys plan your brews at component? Um, we try to plan out like a couple months in advance, um, but there's always you know things that come up where we we leave room in the schedule. So if okay. you know somebody did approach me with something, you know, what I think is cool like this, um, we would do our best to try to fit it in. 
Um, but you know, sometimes schedules are pretty rigid. How, uh, how long would this, how long will zebra hop take to brew for, so for people who are like, well, three or four months, that should be enough. Is that enough? Well, usually, I mean, this is a, an ale, so it'll take about two to three weeks, start to finish, just brewing. Okay. But I mean, if you, um, have, you make the label stuff, there's other things that go into it than just, you know, sure. You got it. Yeah. Uh, but we have, I mean, for zebra hop, we do have a label template ready for any brewery that would like to join. So all they have to do is drop their logo on there and it's ready to go. Um, the label company that we're working with is providing labels for free. Um, the malt company is giving a discount for malt that any brewery wants to join. And then, um, Omega yeast, the yeast company is providing a discount on yeast too. That, that is all a huge help. And it's gotta be, that's gotta be another, it, not that the cause is not incentive enough, but if, if the brewers like, well, times are a little tough, but well, if we're getting deals on our hops and we're getting deals on the malt and the yeast and the labels, um, that that's got to make the decision a little bit easier. Uh, when when you've been approached, what has made you decide to do some of these collaborations? Um, we've actually done most of them that we've been approached with. Uh, okay, it, it's sometimes it's hard because we do. I mean, we get um, emails asking for you know like us to sponsor events and provide free beer. We get those emails like sure almost daily and we, we can't really do that, but something like zebra hop or native land or something like that, where we can brew the beer, sell it and donate a portion back to the cause. Um, we're, we're more apt to do. What do you think it is about the craft beer industry that, cause I, you know, um, Black is Beautiful is one that I've had, and there was the when the big fires were happening on the West Coast, there was uh, there was a collaboration there, and then the ones that you guys have done, and they it happens a lot. What is, what is it about your industry that makes people say, yeah, we want to, we will all band together to help this cause? Because you don't see that in a lot of other businesses. I don't know. Maybe we're just a bunch of caring people. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> also, this was John, uh, this was the time for you to go, hey, we're we're just the best people around. That's all. Yeah, there you go. Well, also, I mean, craft beer has always been kind of like, you know, we're we're trying to to build our market up against big, you know, big macro beer. Sure. So we've always kind of like if we all band together we can lift craft beer as a whole against, you know, the the evil Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, you know that. Even <laughs> sure. though on a hot summer day, you might catch me drinking one of those too. <laughs> I was going to say, there's nothing nothing wrong with, uh, you know, mixing it in every once in a while. For those who haven't been to Component, what do you guys, do you specialize in one particular style? Are you across the board? What, uh, what would people expect if they come into the tap room? Um, we try to have something you know for everybody so if somebody comes in we can you know say what what do you prefer and try to you know find something that they like so we're kind of i guess you would say all over the board but we're definitely 
hop heads. Um, you'll always find a few IPAs on our menu. That's kind of what got me into the industry is just the love for hoppy beers. Okay. Um, but we also really like, you know, a good clean lager too. So, um, yeah, you can find a lot of different things on our, on our menu depending on when you come in. And I, just, I know you've already got your uh, your Christmas ale out. Yeah. Which is what I love this time. I love from the, the fall into the winter is my favorite time of year with uh, between the Oktoberfest and the, the Martins, and then you get into the Christmas ales and stuff. I always love those kind of beers. Uh, what's, uh, what's next for, obviously, we're working on getting this zebra hop thing going, but uh, as you as you start looking to twenty four, what's uh, on the horizon for component? Yeah, um, I can't believe twenty four is so close. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and kind of just just you know one track mind on zebra hop for the last five six months. Um, that it's been hard to kind of think about anything else. But I think we're gonna be you know, trying to produce a little bit more, get our beer out into the market, you know, a little bit more. Uh, right now we have limited distribution, but I think um, in 2024 we'll try to expand on that a little bit. Very nice. Uh, and what I like about you guys, what sets, what one of the things that sets you apart, is it uh, big family, and I hate to use the word component, but Family is a huge component well, of the brewery, isn't it? Yep, that's. I mean, that's part of our name. So, we're we were founded by three cousins. Um, two of us have young kids that you might see around the uh, around the tap room. Um, our name component it means the family component, the components of the beer itself: the hops, yeast, the water, grain. Um, and then we also strive to be a good component of the community. Very nice. Well, this project, Zebra Hop, is definitely one more step in being a good member of the community. Component has done this before. If you know any brewers, tell them to go to zebrahop.com to uh, sign up and get involved in this collaboration to help the organization for rare disorders. If you are not a brewer and you just want to have some great beer and you want to go to a tap room and enjoy yourself, you need to get to Component Brewing. It is at 2018 South 1st Street in Milwaukee. Componentbrewing.com is the website. You can get all the information there. John, it was great to talk to you. Good luck on this. I'm sure We'll see the uh, we'll see the results, and then we'll. Uh, I want to touch base and see how it ended up going for you with uh, with Zebra Hop. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. Have a great night, and uh, good luck getting some more breweries on board. That's uh, John Kowalski. He is one of the owners of. Or he's the owner of Component Brewing. So uh, another another great beer for a great cause. Uh, hopefully, they have a lot of success with that. But it's uh, one of the ways again the craft beer sets itself apart from a lot of other businesses. All right, we are uh, woefully late, but uh, that's all right. What are you going to do? Call the time police? Let's do this, Tommy. It's WTMJ. I'm so glad to know you. Four more minutes of WTMJ Nights, and then after the news, it's Brewers Weekly. Dom Catronio is in the studio. Dom, how you doing? Hello, hello, hello. We, uh, we've got some news, to say the least, today. 
Really? All right. Well, this I, that's what I was going to ask you because I'm, you know, I've been following along and I, I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about Devin Williams? Exactly. So for those who haven't heard, do you want to do you want to give a little tease or do you want to save it for after? Uh, I mean, it's an award. It's for the fifth time in the last six years the Brewers have the National League Reliever of the Year, and it's Devin Williams' second Reliever of the Year title. He his other one came in 2020 when he was also Rookie of the Year. So congratulations to Devin. Uh, 36 saves this season, and uh, I mean, tremendous year. What a what a trophy case already for a 29 year old. Yeah, not too shabby. And uh, th- this is a time, you know, everybody's worried about football right now, but there is there's a lot of going on. Obviously, of course, uh, this month the Brewers announcing Pat Murphy is the new manager, and a lot a lot of stuff going on. So, as for you, as a guy who's covering the Brewers all year, what are you what are you looking at now? Well, we got talk the, about? we got the winter meetings next week, and. Uh, Things should be popping off, as the kids say, because Shohei Otani should be signed by the end of next week. And quite frankly, the moment he gets signed is when it gets unlocked for everybody else. So next week's a big week for baseball headlines. All right, very good. Well, Dom is going to have Brewers Weekly coming up right after news. Always good to talk to you, Dom. Thanks for listening and being part of the show. Tommy, thank you, as always, for everything you do. And I don't mean that sarcastically. I'll talk to everybody Friday night. Have a great one. It's WTMJ.